The Ringer Reality TV Podcast is the home for all things unscripted TV. The feed will feature challenge recaps with Johnny Bananas, Bachelor in Paradise recaps from Amelia Wedemeyer, and a weekly survey of the reality TV landscape with Juliet Littman and Callie Curry. And much more coverage across the reality spectrum from Survivor to Below Deck to Selling Sunset. Check out the Ringer Reality TV Podcast on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all in one page. Plus, start betting on the Explorer page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gambling. Please visit theringer.com backslash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com backslash RG. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes... You know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York. You want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away? Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. Poppin', Logan Murdoch here, Raja Bell, real ones. Raja, we're coming in on this one on 10, baby. This is the first pod after the NBA season is tipped off. I'm ready to go. Are you ready to go? We got games, baby. I got cats in my DMs. Everybody all up in their feelings about how, well, how are you going to see your preview? And you ain't talking about blah, 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 blah. Brian, you got that Bro. too? Why did you why did you tell about the Suns? Why did you think why are the Clippers your lock? I don't care. It doesn't matter because we're in the season right now. We're it's gonna sort itself right out, now. Logan. It sorts itself out. Bro, you know what, man? Let's get right to the shits, dog. I don't wanna I don't wanna do no small talk, no how are you's. Let's get to the shits. Yeah, why First would we? Of all, let's go. Okay, so I want to talk about the Phoenix Suns, okay? The Phoenix Suns. A lot of things have gone on. We'll get to the game in a second, but something that I've been waiting to hear. Your opinion on is DeAndre Aiden not getting paid. Now, this happened right after the uh, we had our Monday real ones, and we got the Sasha Max put it in the chat that we were uh, that Aiden is not getting the max, which he asked for. And your boy Jupe said that you know we don't know if he's a max player yet. We're, it's not about Robert Sarver not wanting to spend money. What Raja Bell has said time and time again on this on this program that he is a little stingy with the bag. Um, DeAndre Aiden not getting paid while Mikel Bridges gets his extension. While Landry Shamit, who did not play on the team last year, got his bag. We also see in this landscape that people from, from Aiden's draft class, Luka Doncic, Trey Young. Michael Porter Jr., just to name a few, have gotten a bags. What is up with the Suns right now? Chris Paul also got his bag. What is up with the Suns right now? Is this a case of Robert uh, Sarver being a cheapskate, or is this a case of Aiden having to earn it right now, and he just hasn't earned it in the way that he should have earned it? I watched Joops last night as I was watching the game get up and do an interview. Um, Droops, just a little constructive criticism. Maybe a little more personality. I know that's that's who he is, but give me a little bit more, Droops. I know you better than that, bro. You don't got to be buttoned up like that all the time. Get that man his money. Like, let's stop playing. Let's cut the shit. Now, I know he came on TV and said it was about uh, about the amount of years um, that they couldn't agree on. You just named all of the names in the draft class that were extended, right? We talked about SGA, yeah. Luca, Jaron Jackson Jr., Michael Porter Jr. None of them have been to the finals. In, in some instances, not out of the first round. And while I get it, those names are more marquee names on their team. They're more carriers of the mail than DeAndre Aiden. I would argue that he's equally as important because the Suns don't get to the finals last year without him. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. And so I don't, I don't, I, I am a little fired up about it. 
Let me scale it back a little bit because I don't know the ins and outs of it. I'd like to think because Robert Sarver paid literally everyone else in Phoenix (laughs) that it's not a matter of him being cheap, right? You paid everyone else. So I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. Um, Joops has no, or James Jones, let me stop. Let me refer to him with a little respect, but my man James Jones has no track record of fumbling the bag so far. So I'm not going to lay that at his feet right now. I say they get it done. Why? Maybe it's something, you know, above my pay grade and and they just have to work it out, but it's not a good look at all. Um, And I think if you're a Suns fan, you, you, I mean, at minimum, you got to be a little concerned. Yeah. I saw, uh, uh, I saw another interview with uh, James Jones and the Athletic Sam Amick had a uh, a Q and A with James Jones, and one of the quest one of the questions was to that effect of like why aren't you guys paying money when Robert Sauver has said over the summer that he will pay, he will spend the bread, and James Jones has said, hey man, we are not afraid of spending money. We have spent money on other players. We have spent money Chris Paul on a new practice facility. Um, and all that thing, we're not afraid to spend money. Yeah, that sounds good, but you got to actually spend money, dog. Like you actually have to break bread to do it. It's okay if you've done it with other everybody else, but you have to do it with Aiden. And the thing, and the argument about years doesn't make any sense to me because here's the thing: he's twenty three one, and we've seen throughout this league, years don't mean a damn thing. You can get off. We saw Russell Westbrook, who we say who people say has the worst contract in the league, he's got traded like three times over John, this, over John this stretch. John Wall's bag got moved. John's Wall's bag got moved. Chris Paul's bag got moved. And he got another bag. It doesn't matter, man. As long as, as long as just make this person feel good. That's what you need to do. We saw yesterday, Aiden was getting his ass kicked and I can only imagine what was going through his head. You want his mental to be fine and the way to do that is to cash him the fuck out. I think you said something that's very important there. I think it's very important. And it trumps to some degree the the money um and all of that. Cause money can money can be earned somewhere else, right? Like while I might not make dollar for dollar, I'll make enough to feel happy because it made me feel good not having to to come back here. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so when you're talking about his contract uh uh negotiation. You want him feeling good if you're yeah. the Suns. Not not just about the immediate like game against the Joker or whoever they have tomorrow night or whatever that looks like a month from now, but overall about the Suns organization and, and being a huge part of that moving forward and carrying this franchise into the next chapter. You don't want the cat looking at you sideways because y'all squabbled over a year on the end of his of his rookie extension. Like you don't want that. My thing is this, and this is an outsider who has heard, you know, heard you talk about the Suns, you know, have seen the Suns from afar. The biggest thing I've seen from the Suns and watching them over the last 10, 15 years is they hire good people by and large, right? They they hired the Steve Kerrs. They they hired Mike D'Antoni, Steve Nash. Um, and and they've they've gotten good people in the building. Their training staff is great. Their biggest hiccup is when it's time to pay people what they're worth, they don't want to do it. it. And that's always been their Achilles heel. Whenever they feel like they're about to, you know, we need to take care of these people, these lifers, they don't do it. And that's the difference between what we've seen. Um, say what you want, but you've seen that with the Lakers, right? When they take care of Kobe, right? They take care of their legacy dudes. It always seems like whenever there's time to just take care of their people, even if you have to sacrifice some wins just so you can um, make sure that you show that you have a great organization, they kind of fumble the ba- the ball on that. Am I wrong in thinking that? or Because that's what it seems like. Every time it seems like to pay somebody or seems like to – Finally, just go over the top because if they paid Aiden, if they just paid him what it was and just figured the shit out later, then they would be happy. Then they probably go on a run real quick, and they probably now they have to just manage Aiden's, you know, psyche and things. This is a young dude, and he feels like he should be rewarded. I feel like there's a disconnect there. I am going to fall short of saying that they always fumble the bag in this in this instance. I, I'm I'm not ready to say that they always do it. Historically speaking, I, I can't say that. I, what I what I will say is sometimes it's not always about what you say, but how you say it. Mm-hmm. And I can say that the way they say things at times comes off in poor taste. 
it's it's happened to me. It's happened to friends of mine. Um, it's happened to my wife while we were around there. It's not always said well. And that's kind of what we're talking about with, with Aiden here. If you left those negotiations, um, like, hey, man, put a pin in this. We're going to get it done, dude. We love you. Like, this is... And, and James said, at least from, from, coming from James last night, he said that that's, that's the way it was left. That he knows that we love him. He knows we want him here. I Boy, I sure hope so. I yeah. do, because it's got to be about the, the way you say things sometimes, not always about, you know, exactly what came out of your mouth. Now, I, I just want to draw a comparison between the way players are treated with the Suns, or at least when I was there, okay? Because I can't speak to the culture that, that's in the building now. And I, I want to be clear, from Mike D'Antoni, staff, locker room, equipment dudes, like um, trainers, uh, everyone that was in our bubble, Man, it was a fabulous time in Phoenix. Like it was great. You couldn't have asked for anything more. But then there's another level of of kind of, you know, the way things are handled from from above, right? And I would just I remember being there and then also having been in in Dallas. And Dallas did everything that they could. Mark's mantra was to make it as cool and as plush of an environment and as like uh, player friendly as he could make it, so that the only thing you ever really had to want or worry about was was like your performance on the court. Everything else was going to be taken care of. Locker room decked out, PS4s in the locker room, and people. I get it. Like that's you know you're spoiled, and yeah, uh huh. I got it. yes. That's what he does. He spoils you. He makes he makes he makes you feel like this is the greatest place on earth, and that you would do anything in the world for him. And so that was his philosophy not everyone subscribed to that not just the Suns. like the jazz didn't uh he was probably more the exception than the norm but the point is like there are organizations out there that do that kind of stuff and really really make you feel like man this is great and they they love us and then there are other ones that are sometimes like i'll tell a story let me tell a story we, we get on the bus story right? time you know, with rah yep. story time with rah let's do it we get on the bus every night um everybody has a, they're not assigned seats but Everybody knows where they sit, right? Like everybody yeah. knows where they sit. So, like, I typically sit all the way in the back. Um, you know, you got Steve back there, we got Amari, we got Tricks, and there's a couple other people. We get on the bus one night and everybody's going to their seats. I think we lost. So it was one of the rare losses out there, but everyone was in a little bit of a funky mood. We had a flight to catch somewhere. We get to the back of the bus, and Robert Sarber, one of his young sons, is sitting in somebody's seat. It wasn't mine. I'm not gonna say any names. It was he was sitting in the seat, like taking up the whole seat. And said player was like, yo, you know, what's, what's going on, little buddy? Like, you know, can, can you head up there? And, and, and uh, dude was like, he said something. And he was like, no, my dad owns the team. Mm. And that is sometimes the way you're left feeling in Phoenix, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's funny because we're talking about money. And like at this stage, and I'm sure NBA players would get, it's not about the bread. It's not about the bread. What it is is about how you feel and how you feel respected and or disrespected. You talked about Mark Cuban. And on a human level, when all your basic needs are met, you will go to war for somebody. You will go to war for an organization, right? Or So that's why um, it's really disappointing right now because the Suns are talking about, hey, man, we are trying to change course with our with how we are perceived around the league. And the way to do that sometime at this stage right now is probably overpaying people. You know, even if it's even if you think Aiden is overpaid, you got to do it. You know why you have to do it? Because you're setting a precedent for the next players that are trying to go on. They're the next the next iteration of guys that are looking like, hey, oh, Phoenix takes care of their guys. And I wouldn't mind living in Arizona. I wouldn't mind living in Phoenix. Phoenix is a great place. I love Phoenix as a Fantastic. city. Right. But you have to you have to do it another way. You have to make sure that your guys are feel like they're taken care of. That's why people want to go to San Antonio, even though it's San Antonio, right? That's why people, when Kevin and Russ were in Oklahoma City, some people wanted to go there. Now, maybe not the Pau Gasols, but people wanted to go there and play alongside that because they liked that organization, right? And so 
when you're trying to build your organization back up to a standard, you have to pay your people, man. You have to take care of them because if you pay them in the long run and you show that they'll take care of them, maybe they'll take pay cuts down the line, right? If they want to win a title and they think, hey, man, we, you guys take care of us. This is a great opportunity. I'll take less money to come to Phoenix, but it's not like that right now. Right now, you have to overpay to make sure that you have a standard for other guys to want to come to your city. Those are all great points. And I would just add to that that it's really important to 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 recognize that you're in your window. This isn't you're yes. not saying you're not saying that hey, you just overpay to bring like we got nothing on the horizon to really play for. We're in rebuilding, but we're gonna overpay to be a destination that people no, that's not what we're saying. You're in a window right now. You're in the finals last year, and he is a cornerstone or or one of the pillars of what you do there. You can mess around with my bread in that situation. You know, you can mess around with Landry Shamit's bread in that situation or any of the fringe players, but not the cornerstones of what you're doing. You didn't mess with um, Mikael Bridges' bread. He got his bread, as he should, because it was right. how Mikael Bridges is balling. Landry Shamit, you got to get – if you give Landry Shamit his bread, you have to give Aiden his bread. Well, you yeah, have and, to. You got to make I mean, that work. I mean, absolutely and that's no, no shade, shade to Land- at Landry no Shamit. No. 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 But this, this makes – this means, though, it, it reminds me of Oklahoma City. Right. When you pay all these other dudes and I'm not comparing players, I'm comparing cultures. When you played all these other dudes, you gave Ibaka his bag. You gave Kendrick Perkins his bag. Rightfully so. Friend of the show, Kendrick Perkins got his bag. But then you have to lock in James Harden. You have to. You have to. How do you let that go? How do you underpay that? That's stupid. Right. And so I don't care if you don't want to pay the tax. If you want to win in this league or any league or in any form of profession, you got to spend bread. You got to spend the necessary bread to make that happen. So I'm very disappointed to Phoenix for that. Let me just add to this. Yeah. See, sometimes ownership or 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 executives um, take the human element out of the equation. I've had this conversation with owners and front office staff when I had to sit on the other side of the desk. They take the human element out of the equation. So what you're going to say to me as ownership or as the executive, we're going to get this done. Like, I don't even know why we're tripping. Like, we're going we're gonna to get it done. He's going to get his money. Like, he knows he's going to get his money. But what you've forgotten is the human element on the other side of the table, watching everyone else get their money, and then the perceived dragging of the feet with getting him his money, right? And that's a real thing. So when it's time to then step up to the plate, when it becomes 200 million versus 160 million, while some people are like, yo, that's 40 million, I would never give it up. Other people may say, I'll take the, I don't, I don't like them. I ain't like the way that shit was handled. I'll take, I'll take the haircut to not be here. I'm not saying that's going to happen with DeAndre Ayton. I'm saying that they often discount that when they're dealing with players, the human element. The perception from my side is like, damn, you paid everyone else. And you're going to start dragging your feet when it's my turn. That's internalized. Players, players feel that. Not everyone acts the same way about it, but they forget about the human element way too often. Let's look at the human ramifications of this, right? You watched some of the game last night in Phoenix. I watched a bit, a little bit more than you did. Didn't watch the full one, but what I saw was Aiden was not playing well. Man, the first game after this news breaks. He has to play Jokic, and as he knows and the rest of the league knows, when Jokic comes to town, you better fucking be right because Jokic is the MVP for a reason, and he was fucking balling. Whenever he saw Aiden, he saw food, and how was that going to happen? How does Aiden get his swagger back when this happens? He's a young kid who earned a contract, earned his way to something, and then for that not to work out with him, what does he have to do, and what can we expect from him, at least in the first month of the season where he tries to get his mind right? He's got to separate the two. I mean, we talk about compartmentalizing all the time. Um, but you, a, a basketball player can never play, or an athlete professional can't play with money on their mind. It's just not a good place to be. Um, yeah. And while it's always there because you know you're in a contract year or you know you don't you know, uh, uh, have stability moving forward. You, you can't play with it on your mind. So you got to bury it somewhere and you have to go out and just submit to the competition, um, submit to the, to the matchup that you have that night, submit to the team goals, um, and just be in the quest for the championship. Let the chips fall where they may with your play. You're, you're good enough. You know, you've, you've gotten to this point. You've had success on this level over and over again. So 
you got to kind of put the money. And I'm not, I don't know that money was on his mind. And that's why he played poor. Nikola Jokic does that shit to everybody. He yeah. does it to everybody. And he's a matchup nightmare, particularly for players like DeAndre. Also, Eaton. one of huh. my favorite players in the league to watch, Jokic. Just, I just yeah. love watching him play, dude. He's really good. So yeah, he's got some good. funk to him, man. But, but so, but what DeAndre has to do, and hopefully, and again, this is where you're rolling the dice as sons, like as the sons. Can, can, is he mentally capable of separating the two and playing his best basketball? while this looms over his head. They'll find out. I don't have the answer, but that's just a variable that I would not want, given the opportunity to not have it, in the quest for a championship. He's a young player. Um, he's still, to some degree, trying to find good footing and figure out who he is while he's on a team vying for championships. That in and of itself can be confusing because I've talked about players on their arcs and trajectories in the league and when they're younger, really wanting to cement who they are. Right? Like, that a lot of times is in juxtaposition to like um, the quest for a championship. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because on those championship yeah. teams, we're all submitting and giving up a little bit of ourselves. We'll talk about this later with the Lakers. We've all got to give up some of ourselves for the greater good. A lot of times young players aren't ready to do that. So he's already got that going on. Um, hey, man, I want to be great. I want to take this next step into NBA all defensive team or, or whatever NBA stratosphere uh, of player all-star you're already navigating that, and now you're worrying about your money, too. I just wouldn't want all of that going on in his head. I don't know that it is. I, I imagine he'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, last question on this. Does this affect Phoenix's window at all, do you think? I mean, if they— Just no, step back. No. No, Aiden? Okay, for sure. I don't. I, um, I mean, because I think they get it done. I'm giving Robert Sarver and James Jones the benefit of the doubt. I think they're going to get him done. I, I think you could have handled it better. It didn't need to. It didn't need to be where we are right now. But provided they go ahead and get that done, and 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 James was being forthright last night in in his statement that everything is good, I don't think this is a problem for them. If they don't get it done, yeah, absolutely, 100%. For sure. Let's take a quick break, and um, we have a great debate on the other side of this break. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Sonic. Fuel up for game day and any day, really, at Sonic for a limited time. You can get the new $1.99 Sonic Crispy Tender Wraps. And trust me, you don't want to miss out. A crispy chicken tender and bold flavors like hickory barbecue and cheesy Baja. Crisp lettuce and melty cheese that make the perfect bite. So go get yourself some TLC, some tender love and chicken. And buy a $1.99 Sonic Crispy Chicken Tender Wrap today. Tax not included. Limited time only at participated Sonic drive-ins. And we are back. Raja, I was watching opening night a little bit um, on Tuesday. Um, I was in the, uh, I was watching it from Staples Center just a little bit. I will get to that in a second. But we were wa I was watching Bucks Nets, just snippets of it. And then I watched a bit of the highlights later. I don't know, man. I am a firm believer right now that Kevin Durant is the best player in the world. But Giannis had a look to him. Giannis just had a look that post-championship glow look where he's like, okay, this is my league right now. Y'all were sleeping on me for far too long. Nah, fam. It was like a, a comfort that I'm here and I can play here and I'm going to beat the shit out of the Nets and just to prove a point. Where are you at with this? Because it's it, unequivocally right now. It's KD and Giannis right now. It's KD and Giannis. I got KD with a slight edge right now, but Giannis has that look in its eye. Where are you on this great debate right now? Oh, this is a tough one for both of us. This is a I tough see one. it in your face. The worst thing, <laughs> the, the worst thing that could happen to those vying for best player on the planet titles is to let Giannis get a championship. It was the worst thing that could mm. happen. It was the worst thing that could happen because Giannis, for me, and I've heard people compare other players to Kobe. Giannis has a Kobe mentality. When Giannis smells blood in the water, it's just a feeding frenzy. There's blood in the water in the NBA right now, so to speak. Giannis yeah. smells it, and he's here for it. I still take KD. I still take KD too. I still take KD, and I don't. I. I. I, I mean, again, we are talking about an elite stratosphere of player. This is not. You know, this isn't throwing shade at either one of them. But the conversation almost comes down to how do you aesthetically like to watch the game? 
because they're equally unguardable. I take KD because he can do it on more levels than Giannis can, meaning, you know, KD, it's just, it's a bucket however you want it. Mm-hmm. But Giannis is a bucket however he wants it. Mm. So, yo, no, Rob. I mean, it's it's like that. Yeah. So it's it's yeah. kind of like, it's a tough, I'm still taking KD. But, you know, I don't know, man. I you, It's one of those things like, if if you got somebody down and they don't believe they can, but you know they can, but you just got a little yeah. mind control over them, don't ever let them know that they can because then it's on. Yeah. Giannis knows he can. Big my name is my name energy this season from Giannis, at least in the first game, right? Because a lot of... This is my thing with Giannis. A lot of... He's been playing largely the same for the last three, four years, right? His teams just haven't won, right? And now that he is... His game, I feel like, with the with the uh, postseason, it's been validated with a title. So now he don't have he doesn't have to give a fuck what Raja thinks, what Logan thinks, what such and such thinks. He's like, fuck you, I have a title, and he's just he can double down on what he's done. And there's a bit of confidence in that, and you're starting to see that now, where he's like. You know, he's still saying the right stuff. You know, LeBron James or Kevin Durant, whoever. I'm not the best player in the league. These guys are really are way are greater. But what he shows on the car on the court, my goodness, I love this. And to your point about aesthetically pleasing games, I want to tell you what I've been doing over the last summer to get my uh, you know my NBA love back. What I do is I go on YouTube. Right, that's one of my favorite things to do. I go on YouTube and. I will. I like watching NBA mixes, and you know the, the NBA mixes where guys are playing. There's usually like a uh, there's like a montage of them and things like that. And they usually have their music um, that they play. I will mute the music from the YouTube um, channel, and I'll just play a playlist, uh, a, ba- a, pl- a song on the backdrop of just watching an NBA player play. And I tend to do that with Kevin Durant. And I what I do with him, I do that with Kevin. I do that with Giannis. I do it with Kyrie. Just a lot of the just great players. And I'll put a soundtrack to their game. When I listen, when I watch Kevin play, uh, do the mixes, I listen to Curtis Mayfield, to um, to Marvin Gaye, to just seventies vibe because he has just a beautiful game in that way, man. Yep. A beautiful game, and. I just think the thing with Kevin is he just hasn't been able to stay healthy enough to, at least during the regular season. Now, you can make the argument, and this is the reason why I think that Kevin is the best player in the league, is because when Giannis and Kevin went head-to-head, it was just Kevin and Giannis, by and large, playing. And Kevin is literally just, it wasn't a shot away, just a toe away from beating Giannis. And I just think that Kevin, you, I think that, Kevin hasn't been proven that he can be outthrown as the best player in the league just yet. Am I wrong on that one? No, I, I've sided with you. I've, I've, I, I think you've had some really good points, and I would, I would say, Kev, you know, when you were saying that, and I was thinking about music types and what KD has, like a a, a jazz type of game. Like it's, it's a, it's a smooth. Like I don't know what I'm trying. I'm gonna date myself, but let's say what is that? Like late '90s, maybe mid '90s. Like when you had like diggable planets and all of that kind of stuff. And it was just, it was just kind of quest. Yeah. All of that. Right. Like, and then Giannis is like Onyx. Yes. It's just, they're two different styles. They're both great. Both are beautiful though. Both are beautiful. Absolutely. And so, but I tend to go aesthetically with KD. So I agree with you because again, I do think KD's a, KD's a a bucket any way you want it. Like, you know, and I, and I, I want, to, I want to be able to articulate what I'm trying to say here. When I say a bucket any way you want it, I'm saying as if I'm guarding KD and I'm physically um, able to dictate some things to KD just because of his frame. I'm not saying that I can. I'm saying this is the way I see it, right? Um, he will give me a bucket any way I want it. And I'm saying I want it because I forced him into some things that he might not have wanted to do on his own, right? Like I've taken this away you know, maybe I got under his legs and I got some weight to me. And so he can't get where he wants to go. He's still going to give me a bucket, but it's any way I wanted it because I, I, I was able to do something. His repertoire is that just that deep. Yeah. 
Giannis, again, gives it to you any way he wants it. Because I can't do shit to stop him from getting to the rim or wherever he wants to go. And that's where I see the difference in the two of them. But I think KD obviously has the deeper bag and the the, the ability to score it in, in more ways. But Giannis is virtually unstoppable. And I... I come on and I say this all the time. It's real scary hours because he's just like, I I don't know what the actual prime is. I know they have the numbers for the NBA player, but he's just entering it or he's in it at the beginning of it. And he's still adding to his damn bag. And it's crazy though. Cause like, not to say he stole a title, but he got a title early, right? Where he's, tw- I think he's 26, 27. And he got his, he just got his title real quick right before the prime really gets in. So he has a chance to go on a big, a big run. Another thing, we got to. This is, I think, Giannis versus KD is a, is a uh, is a not a rivalry, but a matchup we need to cherish. I think because as someone who's seen that matchup uh, in person, it's beautiful. It's such That's a, a great class call. of styles. So it's, it's a great call. It could we'll go down as one of the like you know when you're talking about historical matchups that were fun to watch, provided they both stay healthy. Like it could be a a really good historical matchup. So enjoy it. Yeah, I go to uh, you know I like to go to down the YouTube rabbit holes and watch like. No, Barkley versus Malone, right? I think Barkley also had a great game against um, Golden State back in the day. But those types of players, you know, Olajuwon versus Shaq, um, right. just those uh, Shaq versus David Robinson. But I think that that KD versus Giannis, and even Giannis versus and not even Giannis versus LeBron, Giannis versus LeBron, and KD versus LeBron, and these guys, you got especially in this era that we're in right now, you gotta appreciate these these types of things. Steph versus LeBron, I saw that on Tuesday. You gotta cherish those moments because we these guys are starting to go out of the league now. They're starting to get a little older. Gotta cherish this now. Before we get done with this segment, I want to ask you. Are we forgetting about the Bucks here, man? Because we, I've, we, I've penciled in the Nets just to win the title, and I, I feel like I, I disrespected the Bucks, and I feel like by and large everyone else has, and I think the Bucks are are a team to be reckoned with that we need to just stop, that we need to not not overlook. We need to Did stop we, stop playing with their name. What, what makes you say that you over, like overlooked them? Did we say any? I mean, I don't think we we didn't well, pick I, like I, who I was going to win, just, did we? And at, well, I did the uh, entrance survey and. Most of the people on the ringer, most of the people said the Nets were the shoe-in. It was the Lakers Nets that everybody was 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 looking for for the finals. That's the one. If everybody stays healthy, that's going to happen. I got you. Now, I don't know now. I don't know. Now. I saw it. It's just the first game. It's just the first game. But, you know, Kyrie not playing really, you know, we could say that Kevin and James together can go to a title, and they can. But, you know, it was a glaring absence with Kyrie not in the lineup. And so I'm just – it's just – Something to monitor there. So I think the Bucks can win a title with all them healthy, but we need to give them more respect. I think as a, as a whole staff record label. Well, crew. you guys do that because I've never, I'm not disrespected. <laughs> I ain't disrespected. <laughs> so the, the rest of y'all, if you need to go ahead and make amends, do 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 what you need to do. Yes. Where is your seat on the bandwagon? Is it in the, is it in the front? Are you alone right now? Are you are where are you at on the bandwagon? No, I'm middle of the pack. I mean, I, I didn't hop on that immediately, but I got on early enough. I think where I could. Okay. I, yeah, I'm not embarrassed about it. I ain't hanging on the the back of the bus hoping for the ride. Um, they also it's like that's a that's a matchup that I, you you remember we 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 had heard at some point that like Brooklyn didn't really worry about the Bucks. You remember yeah. we had heard that? Um, uh-huh. Remember we had kind of heard that? That is not a... I watched those games. Those aren't comfortable games for the for the Nets. No. The Nets can beat no. them. Just like, the, you know, the Nets can beat them. That's one of those that goes either way. You talked about it being a toe away. But they're really uncomfortable games. Like, those are good it's, games. It's funny because it's you can tell when the uh, when you met their match by the... In my opinion, by the physicality of the of the games, right? Where you saw that last year with the Bucks and the Nets where... P.J. Tucker is just in Kevin's shit, bro. P.J. Tucker's in Kevin's shit. Um, they're not. They're not scared of the Nets. The Bucks aren't scared of the Nets necessarily. Um, and it's just. It's. It's just a great matchup. And by and large, they're just not scared of the Nets. And that's the biggest thing, right? Because a lot of teams can be on par talent wise, but they're scared of you. You're going to run all over them. I never got that from the Bucks. The Bucks are like, nah, bro, you got us fucked up. We here and we win the season series. Oh, you didn't think that was enough? Hey, check this out. I don't care if you if you guys got injured. We're gonna win. 
We're going to win this series. And um, I like this, man. I, I like. I think there's a l- nice little budding rivalry going. I, I want to. That's something that I'm going to pay attention to. Nets Bucks. That's a, that's a, a, a matchup that I want to take uh, look into. Can we sidebar real quick? I know this wasn't on the rundown, but I feel no, like I need, I need to do it before we go to break. Yep. Last night's game between the Knicks and the Celtics, because you just talked Thank about you. The f- Thank you. You talked about the physicality and the way they were like evenly matched, and that was a damn game. Yes. That was, that was a game, and we did not, like, it, full disclosure, I told you I had people in my inbox talking about you not talking about the Knicks were one of those teams mentioned. Yeah, um, fair point, guys. Fair point. Fair, fair point. point. I would still say I don't know that the Knicks are are vying for supremacy in the Eastern Conference this year, but I do think they could take another step. They look they look pretty good. Evan Fournier is going to be a big addition for them because he's another cat. You know, their problem last year down the stretch was it had to go to Julius Randle or they didn't get a bucket. Yep. Or you had Derrick Rose shooting some kind of wild shot or Julius Randle, and then they were. Evan Fournier is another shot creator, a dude who could take the ball, um, you know, and make big buckets. He's done that over a career. So that's really going to help them. And they defend their, they defend their tails off. So, dude, that's another thing we need to look at, though. We need to look at that, uh, that the Knicks and, and the Celtics, because the Celtics, Jalen Brown, <clears throat> Jalen Brown was playing, I wouldn't say out of his mind, but the motherfucker is taking a step. Can I, can I tell you where I was left last night? And I don't, I'm not claiming this to be what's going to happen, but can I tell you just went through what went through my head watching the game last night? Because I felt what's this that? way. I felt this way last year at times. Jason Tatum was dubbed like the future of the Celtics, right? It's all we ever talked about with the Celtics. And I felt yeah. the energy last year from Jalen Brown. Like, don't forget about me, bro. Like, I'm not ready. Like, that, that's not the way I see this. Mm-hmm. And last night, because Jason Tatum struggled, and I'm trying not to be like you know, prisoner of the moment here, but Jalen Brown still looks like he's on that energy. And I wonder if the success of that team ultimately is going to depend on whether or not those two are vying for whose squad it is, or if they're good enough together where it's just, hey man, whoever rocks out that night, because it could be the case too. I'm not claiming it to be what's going to happen, but that's how I felt watching it. Like, will these two always fight over that? I don't, I don't think, I don't think so. And, and this is this is not even. I'm not in Boston. Me and me and Roger are not in Boston. This is just an observation. I don't think so. And the reason why I don't think so is because they've already gone through this kind of tug of war of like who the fuck team it is when Kyrie was there. Remember when Kyrie got injured um, and and sat out most of the postseason, and that's when these young guys like a Terry Rozier mm-hmm. and like a, a a Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum came into his own, dunked on LeBron, and then Jalen Brown came into his own. That was the the the, the that team is the team that that is that those two guys are the team that is leading. They're leading the Boston Celtics now, as opposed to they've gone through that shit already. So I don't think that. I think it may have been more of Jason Tatum had an off night. We'll see. But that's my gut right now is that they've gone through this before and now it's just an off night. I hope that you're correct. I know last night was an off night. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I don't mean to make last night the example of it because Jason Tatum just played, you know, he didn't have a great game. But even within those co- led teams right think about all the like there's a hierarchy of who who is going to lead this show raja or logan right if i consistently tried to lead in segments and and like there's the flow is off right that's your job i can still be great in my job and we can co-host but we go we both can't lead it and so i i just wonder about that i'm not saying that it but i was left feeling like man i wonder if there's a little I wonder what it is. What, what's the dynamic? I'd yeah. just be interested to be in the locker room and be around them for a month or two to see. Yeah, that and that's and that's interesting, right? Because you can get into this space with a player where, hey, man, I fuck with you, but also I want to grow as a basketball player too, and I'm not going to take a back seat. And it has nothing to do with you. It's what I want for my career, and I don't want to take a back seat to anyone. And so that is something to 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 look at. One other thing that I want to say before we get to break and why I do, I'm glad that you found a way to bring this into the podcast. I love that, that Nick Celtics game because I think in the last few years, we've been so caught up in this rings culture and things like that to where we look at, and this is a, something that I, I've been pissed off about before, is that we're looking to June and October. It's like, no, let's just get... Let's just find some great basketball, dude. And 
I that game, the Knicks Celtics game, was such a great basketball game. I don't think I don't care if the Celtics are going to win a title this year. I don't care if the Knicks are going to be a, a free agent destination. I just know what I watched, which was a great basketball game, and that's what I want to see throughout this season. It's just great basketball. I don't care who's going to win the title right now. I just want to let's just build up to that right now. And um, yeah, man, it was just a great. It was a. It's been a great first week of basketball. Uh, for for me to watch, so yeah, no that's, that's all. That's where I'm at. Hey, call call the NBA. They'd like you to do a PSA about that. I'm sure that's what they they'd love the fans to be on board with. Real talk. If you could get games, you could get games like that consistently early in the season. I mean, you're getting you're getting a whole lot of people saying the same thing Logan Murdoch just said. Man, yeah, yeah, great yeah. basketball. I'm tuned in. I like Bring no, NBA propaganda back, baby. No bullshit. I, I'll I'll watch a couple more games early now because of that game. Like seriously, I don't. Yeah, I, it got me to come back to the TV a few more times than I normally would. Well, you know, we're going to talk about another game that's going to keep us watching the NBA for a long time. That's professional get that on shit, the, boy. That, yeah. Yes, get that get get that on the next end of the break, baby. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games. It's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York. You want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, man. Let's get to the shits, dog. Um, I wanted to talk to you about this. This was a game that I was at. Um, and also, I think probably the second most exciting game of, this, of the week. I think the first exciting game was uh, we just referenced Celtics-Knicks. But Warriors-Lakers, first game of the season, uh, first West Coast game of the year. I was in Staples for... Um, for this game, and it was my first time going to a uh, a Lakers home opener. And Raja, I gotta tell you, man, the buzz was out of this world. Mm-hmm. We we already we both talked plenty of times on how we both been to L.A. for a regular season game. We both been to Staples Center for a Lakers game, and we already know what comes with that. It's funny because uh, before the game, a big deal for me, and we already know my history. Uh, big deal for me. I got to I got to shoot a couple free throws on the Staples Center floor uh, after shoot around, which was Where? a big fucking deal for me. Eyeballs on you, or was it? it had the teams cleared? Our, the, the teams had cleared. All right, and no it was pressure. just it was just a, no, it wasn't pressure, but I didn't need that. It was an empty, by and large, an empty arena. You know that you know you still get the buzz, but it's an empty arena yeah, before yeah. things. Workers are yeah. going. People are trying to figure out, like you know, just set things up for the night, right? And so, you know, it was with Marcus Thompson in front of the show. Um, and he's like, yo, you know, the ba- you know how you guys leave the, the, the uh, ball rack in the middle of the, uh, middle of the arena uh, after you guys get going to go back to the hotel? And, um, you know, I was uh, looking at the basketballs because Wilson is now the new uh, provider of basketballs. They have replaced Spalding. And I'm like, yo, you know, I've, I've seen a Spalding basketball for most of my life as an NBA play, as an NBA, uh, you know, fan, just been around Spalding. I was like, how does Wilson ball check out? And, and, uh, you know, me and, uh, me and Marcus were right there. And, uh, Marcus is like, yo, why don't you go take a shot? Mm. And 
me and Marcus, just two dudes from the Bay, two Oakland dudes who finally get to just, you know, like in Staples in LA is just a big deal for us, right? It's just, just being in this moment is just a real big deal. And so, um, He's like, go take a shot. And I'm like, oh, no, man. You know, like, I'm not a basketball player, one. And two, like, you know, I ain't trying to get in trouble and thrown out, dog. I'm not trying to do that. <laughs> so, but then I'm like, I got the moment. I'm like, there's only one time I can do something like this. And I'm just going to be like, fuck it. I could take two shots before they say, hey, we can't do that. Right? Yeah. So I go there and um, I, uh, I, take, I, I go in there and I take a shot. He's filming. Um, uh, maybe I'll release the footage one day. I don't know. Um, but he's, he's filming and I, uh, and I, I missed the first one and then I take the second one and I, and I make the second one. And it was just like a big fucking deal. Just like, yo man, we're at Staples to start the season. Let's fuck it. Like, let's like hey. a dream came true there. Right. A dream just came true. Doesn't get much better than Staples on opening night, brother. Make or miss. I done both. Make or miss. Still a vibe. It's a vibe. So dog, let me paint this picture, dog. Adele walks in, right, on one end. Lil Wayne is on the other end. Kid Cudi's sitting courtside. Justin Bieber's on the other side of courtside sitting next to Usher, bro. It's it's electric. And then LeBron and AD ball out. But then the Warriors come in. Steph plays like shit, but you got Jordan Poole ball. You got all these things going. The Warriors pull it out. I don't know what this means. It's a great win for the Warriors. It exposed a lot of holes on the Lakers. Let's get to the Lakers. We've talked extensively about the Warriors. I want to get to the Lakers on this one. AD and LeBron came went to work. Everybody else just didn't show up at all. I'm going to be real. A short of like, I think Kent Bazemore had a really good game. He was strong. But your guy, this is let's just get to it. Your guy, Russell Westbrook, played like shit. Played really bad. Um, was just, everyone was just taking his lunch. He he was missing bunnies. He was getting called out on switches. Um, Jordan Poole was just a better player than him that night. Um, and you have been a Russ defender. What what is going on right now with Russell Westbrook? He played like like absolute crap, and you have been a, a Russ defender. What do you have to say for yourself, sir? <laughs> Why? I will say this again for anyone who listens to this pod. If you're a first-time listener, if you're just tuning in, or if you've heard me say it a thousand times, there will be absolutely no Russ slander on this pod. I am an unapologetic Russ fan. And I can say all that and still say that he probably played one of the worst games of his career. I mean that wholeheartedly. Like I think statistically, in any metric you could use, to identify a good or bad game, it was one of his worst games that he's ever played. I can also say what I've said on pods leading up to this very moment. See, because I knew this shit was coming, Logan. (laughs) Okay? What did I tell you guys about the Lakers' first month of the season? What did I say you should do on it? Relax. And punt. And I meant punt punt in terms of like expectations. Just chill. Like, we're going to get this back later. We're going to get the ball back. We're going to flip field on them. We're going to play field position. And we will wind up putting it in the end zone. But you're going to have to be patient. Because what's happened to Russ, and he did play like shit. I will say that again. All right? He's now in a role that he's never played before. He's never been number three. He's never been number three. And number three... It's a more precipitous drop-off from what you get playing the number three role from two to three than there is from one to two. From one to two, you take a little you know, step back, but when one goes off the floor, there's more for you to eat. You can still eat when one's on the floor. I don't know. Let's say in usage rate, I'm making up numbers here, but maybe, like, I don't know, uh, from one to two, a 10% drop in usage rate. From two to three, it's like a 45%, 50% drop in usage rate. For someone like Russ that's used to having the ball in his hands, that's a lot. Yeah, And it's going to take him some time, and it's going to take them some time to figure out how they incorporate him and how he can be successful in that. And and that's just what it's got to be. I agree with you. And the reason why I agree with you is because we both know it was a tale of just two teams' progression periods, right? The Warriors, we know, they've been together for a long time. Like, 
the, who were the guys that were helping out? It was Andre Iguodala, right? It was Kevon Looney on the floor. It was Draymond Green on the floor. Got Steph Curry, guys that have been in this system. It was it looked like a well-oiled machine. Whereas when you look at Russ and all these new guys, Carmelo Anthony also didn't play well at all. He had some good threes, but he was he didn't play defense at all, which is something that we all know. But when you see both teams, you could tell that the Warriors were already in their bag and knew what they were doing. The Lakers had absolutely no idea what they were doing other than AD and LeBron. Whenever Russ went to the floor, he did, it looked like he was very indecisive. He didn't know if he should dribble, cut, or do anything or pass it to the post. He just they, he didn't know because he's so used to being the first or second option. He doesn't know how to be the third or maybe fourth option on a team and where he can get his, his shots in and get his... Um, his dunk packages in. He didn't know what he was doing in that way, and that's okay. And I saw I, – I hope that Russ is is not so hard on himself for this because I was looking at the post-game um, presser, and he looked very down on himself, right? Because the big narrative going into this season, at least personally, that he's trying to convey, he has a new um, documentary out. He has a big L.A. Times story. He has all these things, and – it was looked at as this is the return of Russell Westbrook to Los Angeles and everything that 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 means. So the big rollout there, and then you go in as a, your first dud on a nationally televised game. And we both know people don't watch the casuals don't watch regular season games after this, right? They're not going to really tune in until maybe Christmas, right? So this was a moment for him to ball out and show people that he can fit. And he looked really down on himself. And I think that he does and the rest of the people just has to relax and see how he fits within this in this this building because there's a lot of smart players on that team. So, uh, you know, we could cut the brakes, but Russell Westbrook did not play a great game. He did not. He did not play great. And I, I take it a step further. Um, while I still am in the camp of it working out and wind up and winding up being like really good at the end, there's a caveat to that. Um you talked about the players, but this is a coaching issue too. And it's not always easy when you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook, such accomplished players, to really get in there and tell them what's best for them. Yeah. Because they've won championships doing it their own way. Like that, and that's fair, you know? I think but, also what I want to get to your point, but also I think we got to put into consideration where these players aren't at, when you get to a stature like Russ and Ke- and uh, Kevin and LeBron and AD, they're used to making no's yeses. So if you tell Russell Westbrook you can't do something, he's going to try to prove to you that he can do it his way, and he has to get out of that mindset, in my opinion. And that's yeah, tough to do. Well, so. I think all I, I'm talking to. Yeah, I mean that's true, but I would say all three of them, for this to work, have to change the way. They play. And I've heard everyone say that it's got to go through LeBron and it's got to go through AD. I don't disagree. But if you think about all the big threes with LeBron, um, think about how marginalized number three became with LeBron. Yeah. Chris Bosh went from like killing in Toronto to becoming a spot-up three-point shooter. Like took his entire game, his entire package away. He won championships. And he submitted for the greater good, but that's what he had to do to make that work. Um, the same with Kevin Love. Like, I can have my thoughts about whether Kevin Love, but he, you can't argue he was killing in, in Minnesota on bad teams. Like, given the opportunity, he could kill. But with, with, with the Cavs, he had to get in where he fit in. Now, those guys are both interesting because they both had the capabilities of becoming a spot-up shooter. Um, Russ, I don't believe he really has the capability of doing that. And I say that to say... The only other real big three that I can draw a comparison to is like, you know, Clay, Steph, and and KD. They all they all could be spot up guys too. Um, I don't think he has to be a spot up guy. But he though, doesn't. Roger. But here's what has to happen: they can't be stagnant. They can't be the ISO team that they're used to being and have it be locked into somebody's hands for the majority of a possession. There's not enough meat on the bone. He yeah. then is relegated to spotting up and shooting, and he's going to be bad at that. So that's why I say the coach has to get in there. Guys, we can't 
And I know we've won like that. And it's hard to teach old dogs new tricks. But to some degree, to get the best out of Russ, you're going to have to, Logan. You're going to have to have that thing move in. There's going to be player. Just, the, just the, the, the difference in the two teams that night. One team was stagnant, standing, watching with brilliant individual play. What was Golden State doing? Flying around, they pieces moving everywhere. Around. Things are like that. You can get more out of people doing it that way sometimes. It's funny because all I, th- I think Russell just all Russ has to do is I think he has to play like he did in the 2012 Olympics, where he's just cutting. He's playing fucking phenomenal defense, and he's just being a boost of energy. It doesn't matter if you average 11 points on this team, Russ. A chip is a chip, dog. Because you will. I think people. I think stars have to realize or at least stars that are later in their career and like th- where Blake Griffin is right now is a, is a great example where, yo, man, that 11 points will get you a way more glory than if you average 28 and w- and then we lose in the first round. Like, dude, just be, be Wilt Chamberlain in 1972 or be Wilt Chamberlain and just lead the league and rebounds and assists. That's all we need for you to do. You don't need to do more than that. Just just play your role because if you play your role, you're better than a lot of guys at that role. It's fine. It's not your team anymore. And it's that's what sacrifice comes in. And I think Russ will do that, but I think he has to, he has to undo old habits. I think I'm going to be honest. I don't think Russ realized how much he was going to have to sacrifice to play there. I'm no, honestly, I don't think he realized the magnitude of exactly what he was giving up. Like the touches the the all of that. I'm not I'm just saying I'm not even talking about the shine that comes with that. I'm just talking about from figuring out how to be a productive player, the amount of actual touches on a ball and stuff that you were going to give up. Um so I would say yes, he has to kind of buy into that role, but they can help him do that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And this is what I said, they can help him do that. And 34 33 and whatever numbers they had are great. But what if it was a world where one had 27 one had 26 and those extra 13 or 14 points slid over to Russ and it got him to 21. That's way, that's, that's a much better end product for me. So there's gotta, it's gotta be a group effort. That's all I'm saying. Speaking of group group efforts, Raja, we are going to check the pulse of Lakerland. Um, We got our man, the chief meme officer, the bearer of great news for Laker fans. And also way too much of a Lakers optimist for my taste. But nonetheless, we got the voice of the streets. Joe Me is in the building. Palmdale's second favorite son? Oh, yeah, for sure. I think so. Yeah, they're going to build a statue out there for me. You guys didn't didn't see the news release? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Joe Me, you heard a bit of this conversation. Are the Lakers doomed right now or not? I'm going to say no, because like you said, I am an optimist, but it did not look good on Tuesday. (laughs) Now, I want to preface this by saying I know that, okay, first game of the season, there are injuries, you know what I'm saying? But, oh, my God, Russ looked (laughs) awful, bad. I, words I can't even say on this podcast. This is a family-friendly podcast. And because I'm not about to let you sit up here and do that he shit. He was terrible. For a lot of reasons, he we ain't going to do that. Roger, you are, did I, I mean, I got eyes. I saw the game, Roger. He was bad. He, he was, was a bad. minus 23. Let me just right ask, let me ask you this question, because you are the exact person I'm looking for today. What's you up, are Roger? The <laughs> you are the motherfucker I'm, I'm out here looking I'm for here. today. You're the one I'm looking for. What's up? So to, to for you guys, you just so we're clear, mm-hmm. th- this man who has a, a what is it, 13, 14-year career of putting up triple doubles, being one of the best basketball players on uh, the planet. I didn't say he was cooked. Has over a four-month span forgotten how to play basketball. I didn't say That's he was cooked. That's what you're telling me has I happened. Didn't, I didn't say he was cooked. You're just uh, saying he was bad. He was bad. Uh, fair. He okay. Was, okay. Well, I had to get that shit out. Yeah, that's yeah what for I, sure. That's what people got me trying to believe. No, no, no. This man has forgotten how to ride his bike. No, no, no. It's nothing like that. He just looked awful, right? In a game where LeBron had 34 and AD had 31, You, the Lakers don't lose those games, right? I think even on the broadcast, it said this is the first time with AD and LeBron both scoring 30-plus that the Lakers have lost. That's not supposed to happen, right? And we're doing all this rust talk. He was terrible, but also I'm looking at Frank Vogel a little bit. Now, again, there are injuries, right? But the Russ, um, Rondo, and Mellow lineups 
couldn't stop a nosebleed. What are those three doing on the floor together at the same time? Like, that <laughs> is untenable, right? <laughs> so there's a lot of stuff that needs adjusting. Ultimately, I think the Lakers will be fine again with LeBron and AD. You can make a lot of things happen. And like you said, the Warriors, are they just, they're just rolling. You know, that's a team with continuity. They're, you're just keeping it moving. But boy, did they look terrible on Tuesday. <laughs> Jomi, 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 we're running out of time here. 30 seconds right now on Carmelo Anthony. Every one, and 30 seconds on what comes to mind when you think about Carmelo Anthony in a, in a Lakers uniform. I think, you know, I feel like Carmelo Anthony in a Lakers uniform and it's honestly beautiful to see. I have no negative things to say about Carmelo because I would like my uh, Twitter mentions to be, you know, safe for the rest <laughs> of today. You know what I'm saying? Um, we just have to give it and see. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully he can come in and score 15 on a night where we need it, you know? But uh, I'm just going to stay positive. You know, he it was it was I from Carmelo. I got, you know what I'm saying? He didn't, I don't feel like he cost us on Did you Tuesday. Have, were, you a, were you a part of the contingency with the the great ovation that Carmelo received? Were you were you standing up clapping when he came into the into the game? Were you I'm not, I'm how not did gonna, you feel? I'm not gonna hold y'all when he hit that first three. I did a little fist pump. I was hyped. I ain't gonna get mm. it. You went, lie. Okay. You went I with the threes to the toe. I did the three to the toe. Yes, sir. <laughs> okay, now now okay, thank you, Jomi. I will ask you all the both of these questions on Russ and um and uh Carmelo in about January and see how you feel. Um, Appreciate you. <laughs> it's a real one of the week. I will start this off. My first World Run of the Week, I was listening, I was watching um, Nuggets, Phoenix Suns, and Mark Jones, my real one of the week. He was in a fucking bag. That's my he guy, was, man. He is one of the, I've never met uh, Mark Jones. I know I'm going to be in sack in a, in a few, and I want to meet Mark Jones because I am a Mark Jones fanatic. I think he's one of the great broadcasters we have in this, in this league. I've said that on Twitter. I have, I have, I stand his work. I think he is great. He said one thing, Raja, where he said somebody blocked a shot, and he said, "What a block! That man got friend zoned." I was like, "Dog, <laughs> you're in a special bag right now, yeah, Mark yeah, Jones." Yeah. Real one of the week. I am going to come up to you when I come to Sacramento next time, and I'm going to come and shake your hand because I am a huge fan of yours, brother. Real one of the week, Mark Jones of ESPN and also does local coverage for the Sacramento Kings. Mark Jones, real one of the week. Who is your real one of the week, Raja Bell? Mark Jones. Mark, Wait, Mark moved to Sac, though? He's, he's doing the local broadcast for Sacramento, and then he's doing the ESPN spot duty. Mark used to be out here in Weston, bro. His, his daughters used to babysit when, when they were younger and they were still in high school, man. He's a, Mark's a good dude. He also, he, one of, I mean, I, he probably says this a lot, but I had tuned in at this point, and he hit him with the, he hit him with the uh, Chris Paul playing with his food when he was trying to mix up uh, Facundo Campazzo. Um, yes. I found that very Funny, my I like that one. So I I second your real one of the week. There's only one more real one of the week, though. Only one real one of the week. Only one. Only one. Okay. Okay. Only one. It's Joel Embiid. <laughs> Joel Embiid. It's not for anything he did on the court, although that was great. As he said, I don't Yo. really care about this man. My job is not to babysit. He is done with that bullshit. He has. He is not. Someone has told Joel Embiid, "Hey, bro, do what you got to do. We're not going to hold you back anymore." You, you, and he lets you know, I've been let off the chain. I'm here for all of this. And for that reason, he's my real one of the week. I appreciate that. You know what I love about Joel Embiid? He's saying this no matter who was interviewing him. They did the fucking, you know, the team-friendly interview, the post-game interview that you don't really ask controversial questions. They kind of did because they had to. They were like, you know, a lot. Of, it's been a week for you guys. How are you feeling? He's like, I don't give a fuck about that, man. I don't care. Everybody in my locker room is fine. We're good. We're going to be all right. And I was like... That's a leader right there. That's how you fucking lead the ship. <laughs> you ever seen when a dog is first let off the chain? Like, and you can tell their owners keep them on the chain. As soon as they unlock that shit, it flies around to like seven different mm. things. They don't know where to go. It wants to get it all yeah. out. That's how he looked, bro. Like, they had just let it You know he's off. been holding on to this shit for years. Yeah. You mm -hmm. know it. 
And they've been trying to go back and forth and be like, oh man, it's been cool. Nah, man. The way that the way that Joel is in a bag right now, just like I don't give a fuck. I've been meaning to say this stuff to you, <laughs> but I've been holding it down because you my teammate and I do got love for you. But hey, bro, since you on this fuck shit, walking around during practice and not getting in the team huddles and not getting in our breaks and not wanting to do defensive drills, well, fuck it then. We're gonna go and we're gonna try to win this title without you. Or if you want to come back, you're going to have to come back into this fold under this nucleus, or we're not going to have that bullshit. Late in the pod, but I just needed, I was wrong. I was all the way wrong about the Sixers. Still could be a good team. I could still be higher on them than most people be will be without Ben Simmons, but that shit's a train wreck. <laughs> That's, it is. I was it wrong. Is. That's not going to work. All right. Next pod. Like, I can't do We next can't do pod, that. Next pod. Next pod. That, we'll, we'll talk about that next pod. It's, that was another edition of Real Ones. Thursday, Real Ones, baby. Um, check us out Mondays and Thursdays, Thursday episode, real one of the week, Monday episode, maybe mad hoopers. We'll see. We will see you guys on Monday, but first make sure you check out group chat. Make sure you check out the ringer NBA on all social platforms. Jomi's looking in the face right now. He's going to tell me you got to do it or I'm going to do some, put these hands on you player. But we got, um, also have group chat. We also have mismatch. We also have, um, the Ringer Music Show, which is great. Also, check out this um, YouTube video by uh, J. Kyle Mann. It's really, really good on the NBA uh, NBA Street Volume 2 and the NBA Street Series overall. Really, really good documentary. I was in that, but it's forget me. He did a great job interviewing uh, Bobito. Uh, Just Blaze is in it. Um, Just a lot Blaze! Of great, Just Blaze is in it. Um, great thing. Go make sure you guys check that out. Make sure you also check out Black Girl Songbook with who? Roger Bell. Town legend, Danielle Smith. Make sure you check out R2C2 with who? Roger Bell. Man, another Bay Area Phileo legend, Crestside Clown, CC Sabathia. Mm, we will see you guys on Monday. Holla! This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC slim fit trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just... Once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com.